And I'm just going to start off by telling you something that happened during my prayer time. I was talking to God, and I asked God the question, how, how long is a million years to you? And God answered, and he said, to me, a million years is like a second. Then I asked God, well, what a, how much is a million dollars to you? And God told me, a million dollars is like a penny. So then I thought a second, and I asked God, and I said, can I have a penny? He said, yeah, in a second. <laughs> oh, man, I, I got played that time, forget it. So I just got a note from Pastor George. He said, the secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning, a good ending, and have the two as close together as possible. So thanks for that advice. So I'm going to start off by reading 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 12, and I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible. It says, friends... When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Because many times as Christians, when life does get difficult, we do jump to the conclusion that God wasn't watching. Many times we can have a wrong expectation as Christians that I won't go through painful situations because I'm a child of God, so only good things am I going to experience in life. Sometimes when we go through hard times, we could start to think, well, maybe God can't be real. Or he can't be good. How could a good God allow me to go through all this trouble? Or sometimes we might believe that God is real, but he's not fair. He loves everyone else but me. He, he favors this one over me. Sometimes when we go through hard times, we can begin to believe that God forgot about us or he doesn't care about what happens to us. But in John 16, 33, Jesus himself said that in this world, you will have troubles. Now, I'm not talking here about troubles that we cause ourselves and then blame God for, or even blame the devil for. I've seen people go run through a stop sign, and they get a ticket, and they, oh, the devil was after me. I got a ticket. I'm being persecuted. <laughs> or people buy stuff that they can't afford, and then come crying because the, the enemy's attacking their finances. The devil didn't attack your finances. You are. I'm talking about times when bad stuff happens to good people. Jesus never promised that life would be pain-free and easy. Get that out of your head right now. 
So many people in the body of Christ, everywhere I go, come to me. Well, I thought that since God loves me, and since he's all-powerful, and he's all-knowing, life is going to go smoothly from now on. I'm disappointed. I didn't know what happened. Get it out of your head. Bad things happen to good people. It happened to Jesus, the perfect one. And Jesus said, if it happened to me, it's going to happen to you too. I, I see, I've seen through the years hundreds or maybe thousands of people who were sitting here just like you or in different churches, and they start to go through something. All of a sudden, the chair gets pulled out from under them, and the next thing you know, they're back out into the world. Oh, this Christianity stuff isn't for me. It, for me. it isn't what I thought. But start changing your way of thinking. I don't want even one of you to walk away because you're going through a hard time and, and you got shocked. We have to begin to take the Bible for what it says, not for what we want it to say. And it says, in this world, you will have trials, you will have tribulations. I've been in church for 30 years, and I've never yet met a single pastor or leader or Christian who was exempt from times of suffering. In the Bible, Paul, the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, he was whipped, he was in the middle of riots, shipwrecked, persecution. It's, he said that there were days when he went hungry. Peter was thrown into prison and faced death, even though he was totally innocent and it was an injustice against him. Peter, one of the great heroes in the New Testament himself, was treated with injustice. David had to face a, a giant who could have destroyed him. Daniel was thrown into a den of lions. And Joseph suffered one injustice after the other. So if you look at the examples in the Bible, there, there's nobody who came through their life without troubles or trials or suffering. We, we have to have a balanced view of who God is. He never promised that, the, he said, carry your cross, and he never said it won't get heavy. He never said that the hill won't be too hard to climb or that we'd have victories without fighting. He never said that. So I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, which I believe really speaks to this issue. It says, But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. So I, I want to go through some of these verses. 
And again, it said, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing glory is, is from God and not from us. What it's telling us is we are imperfect people. We are broken people. We are just jars of clay. We're not made out of iron that we could just take anything, that we're perfect, that we're perfectly strong, that we can't be knocked over. But God said he took his glory, he took his presence, he took his Holy Spirit and put it in you, in your imperfection. He knew you were broken. He knew you were imperfect. And he chose to put his glory in you. And he said, why? So that people would know that the power belongs to God and not for us. When ordinary broken people can start doing great things, God will get all the glory. I want to teach you a a fancy theological term. I like to throw them out once in a while so you can impress your friends tomorrow. (laughs) There's a term called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit means when you receive Jesus, you become the temple of, of the very spirit and glory of God. The Holy Spirit comes into you and makes his home in you, and he lives in you. So I'm going to continue in those verses. So I'm going to go to reread verse 8. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. What does it mean we're hard-pressed on every side? There are times in life where every place I turn around, I'm being pressed in by problems, troubles. The, the bill collectors coming this way, family problems that way, emotional issues. Sometimes you can feel pressed in in life. I want to read Romans chapter three, 5, starting in verse 5, because it speaks about life's pressures. It says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures, those things that hem us in, that pressed us from every side will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. In other words... God teaches us. God works in us. Things happen inside of us when we, when we go through those difficult times. Those, the trials, the troubles you go through, God doesn't waste not one of them. It's through those times, for me personally, that I learned to depend on God. When there was nobody else to turn to, I found that God is a faithful God. He's, his 
promises are true. I didn't learn that when things were going good and I was just sliding along. And every life was great. It was a bowl of cherries. That's not where I learned about the faithfulness of God. I learned that in in the difficulties during sleepless nights. Where I learned that God is a God who answers prayer. That he makes promises. And his promises are true. You see, it was during hard times that God built faith in me. I learned I could trust him through through dark and sometimes vicious times. When, When I thought it was all over and I began to hold on to God and begin to declare his promises and all faith would somehow begin to rise up. It's during the hard times that scripture in Romans 5 said that God works in me to build character and maturity. It was in hard times that I learned how to forgive, how to love unlovable people. What what does maturity mean? Maturity means that I don't give up on God because things are getting hard. I, I don't just walk away from the commitments I made to the church, to God, to people, because I'm going through difficulty. Maturity means that I'm the same person no matter where I am. See, that's character. That's maturity. God built that in me in the hard times. I learned not to explode when I was going through trouble so that people could trust me no matter what I'm going through. I don't want to be someone who's who's wishy-washy and and out there. I'll curse you out, but if I'm in church, I'll, I'll smile and say, God bless you. I want to be a trustworthy person, a mature person, a safe person. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That one one way before pastors and Christians and another way out in the world. That's maturity. That's character. And, And God builds that through the trial, through the problems and the difficulties. But here's the good news from that scripture. It says that we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Life cannot crush you. I don't care what you're going through right now. I declare it by the very word of God that you cannot be crushed. You cannot be broken. All the gates of hell could try to press in on you, but the scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail against the people of God. I'm going to read the next verse. It says we're, we're perplexed, but not in despair. What does it mean, perplexed? It means we ask, why, God, why? Why did this happen? Why do I have to go through this again? 
This isn't fair. I can't believe this. God, why is this happening again? Why do you allow these things to happen in my family? I don't understand. You see, I I don't understand personally. I don't understand half the stuff that people ask me. The stuff that I... Things that happen to people that boggle my mind. I can't understand it. I've done funerals of little children, of young men. I've seen broke people destroyed by sickness and death. Why why do things happen? It says we are perplexed. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he couldn't understand it. But it says, I'm perplexed, but not in despair. It means I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm not in despair. I'm not going to give up because I know my God and I trust in him. He's going to bring me through. It's not about what I can understand with my little mind. His ways are above my ways. But I learned I got to trust him. I got to stand on his word. Verse 9 says, we might be persecuted but not abandoned. It means you may lose friends. Some people may reject you. But God will be with you through the end. In fact, in Psalm 139.8, David said, If I make my bed in hell, behold, God, you are there. If, if all hell is breaking out against me and I feel like I'm living in hell, don't you feel like that or am I the only one sometimes? There have been times in my life where that's what it felt like. That life seemed like hell. And God said, you could try to live there, but I'm going to be right there with you. You are not abandoned, even to the ends of the earth. That's the promise of God. No matter who turns their back on you, who talks against you. The God of all creation, he's with you, and that's his promise to you. He will not abandon you. He said, even if your mother or your father walked away from you, he's a father that will never leave you. The next part says, we're struck down, but not destroyed. I've known many of you. I know many of your stories, and many of you have been struck down in life. Sometimes life can knock you backwards, and you didn't see it coming. Sometimes it could be bad news from the doctor. Maybe the, the one you love, the one you counted on, rejected you or put a knife in your back. Maybe something hit you financially like a job loss and it seemed like the whole world was crumbling around you. What, maybe one minute you're on your feet 
and the next minute the air is knocked out of you. Anyone could relate to that scripture beside me? But the scripture says life can knock you down, but it can't destroy you. You are still standing, and if you trust God, you'll still be standing. Nothing and nobody. There's no demon in hell can destroy a child of God. You see, I got to get my eyes off of my problems. All for what the enemy's doing. All for what life, life is handing me. And I got to put my eyes on him. And I take that word. And I decree it over my life. I will not be destroyed. And I decree it over you. You're not going to be destroyed. Maybe you were struck down. Maybe you were totally laid out by that bad news, but you will not be destroyed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus himself, the night before he died, he came to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. The, gar- the word Gethsemane means the place of pressing. Because, and it speaks about the way that olive oil was made. Because the olives were taken. And in order to get the oil, it had to be pressed. It wasn't an accident that Jesus sat in a garden called the, the Garden of pressing the night before he died because Jesus sat in the garden and he held the second cup of the Passover which is called the cup of judgment and that cup of judgment symbolized all the judgment and wrath of God against sin all the all the judgment that we deserve for the things we've done and all our sins and all our mess that we've made Throughout a whole lifetime. And Jesus took that cup. That cup of the wrath of God. And he sat there. And he said. If there's any other way. If there's any other way. That these people can be saved. Without me going to the cross. And dying. Then let this cup pass from me. And as he sat there, the, the pressure came on him so strong as he faced the cross. The scripture said he, he sweat drops of blood. Can you imagine the pressure that, that he faced going to the cross and the whippings and the beatings? And plus, as he hung on the cross, his own father turned his face away. Because the scripture says the father can't even look at sin. And as Jesus hung on the cross and died for your sins and my sins. The scripture says his father turned his face and Jesus cried out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Can you imagine all that Jesus went through? And he drunk drank that bitter cup of wrath and judgment so that we never have to. You're never going to have to face the, the wrath of God if you're a child of God. So even though we'll never have to drink the cup that Jesus drank from, but each one of us at some point, we're coming to that garden of pressing. We're coming to that place where we're going to be pressed. Like Jesus, I may be feeling hurt and overwhelmed, but it's in those times when I'm in that garden and I'm being pressed and life hurts, and I feel the pressure is when I start to pray and cry out to God. I say, I don't understand it, but God, I submit myself to you. How how many people can pray that prayer right now? Say, God, I don't know what's happening, but whatever it is, I give you my heart, I give you my life. I, I, I pray, God, what happened to me, it's not fair, it's not right, but I trust you. I'm devastated, God, but I will not walk away from you. I love you, God. See, that's the highest praise. The Bible talks about the highest praise. What what is the highest praise? The highest praise is when I'm sitting in a pit. I'm devastated and wounded. But yet I stand up and I say, God, I love you. (laughs) See, that's real worship right there. We, We can't come to church and feel devastated and just sit down or go through the motions. That's the time when God is testing our hearts. He wants to see, are you a real worshiper? Do you love him the same way when things are not going the way you thought they were? Can you still say, God, you are good. I praise you, Jesus. You see... We can get bitter and angry and resentful at what's going on in our lives. We can can get angry and disappointed with God because of the things that that have hurt us. And that's going to keep you away from the blessings, the joy that God has stored up for you. Because as you surrender to the Lord in the pressing, the oil of heaven begins to flow through your life. What what does oil symbolize in the Bible? It symbolizes healing, fruitfulness, abundance, joy, and anointing. It's in the time of pressing that true joy is released. I'm not talking about joy because I just got a promotion. I'm talking about joy that only God can give me. It's in the hard times when the healing begins to flow. The oil of the Spirit, the anointing of God. And in the same way, grapes have to be pressed to make new wine. 
And that's Lee's cue to come to do a song. (laughs) New wine symbolizes grace, the love of God, gladness, the mercy of God. As the grapes are being pressed, the love of God begins to shine through me. If If I submit to God, if I surrender, if I say no to anger, no to bitterness, My heart will not get hard towards God. But God, I will serve you. I will praise you when I see nothing. When all hell is breaking loose in my life. When every report is bad. God, I surrender to you. And the oil, you'll just see the oil begin to flow. The very beauty, the precious presence of God. And in the wine. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come and start to pass out the communion. You see, in in the pressing, you can have peace and joy in the midst of the struggle. So I ask, Lee's going to sing this song now as, as we pass out the elements of communion. When you get it, just keep it. Don't just wait for everyone else. You know, there are, um, there are seasons in our lives that, like Pastor Gary's was just saying, that we are invited um, into a fellowship of suffering with Christ. It's not a topic that's very popular that we talk about in the church. But it is one of the sweetest, one of the, what can become one of the sweetest moments, one of the most defining moments in our walks with him. Sometimes the sweetest part of us finding him is when we are in the dark and we have hit rock bottom. And sometimes there are songs that come along that help you to define exactly what you're walking through. And so I hope that as you listen to this song, you would make this your prayer. That this song would evoke something in you that would encourage you to take that cry into a surrender. That the cry wouldn't be no longer because you feel bad about what you're going through, but rather that the cry would turn into, Lord, take my pain and give me purpose in exchange. Take this pain and give me beauty for ashes. Amen. Amen.
In Isaiah 43, verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You see, God never said you won't go through a fire or or a flood, that you won't walk through a raging river. But he said in the fire, you will not be burned, that the waters cannot overtake you. Because why? Because of that glory in you. It's that presence in you. Everywhere that you go, you carry the supernatural power of God. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. As I was preparing this, the Lord showed me that there would be some people here that that you've been struck down or, or you've walked through fire. You've been deeply hurt or wounded or betrayed or disappointed, and it's been so hard for you to get past it. That thing that, that got you is just so difficult, and you, you sometimes you feel stuck. If, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to just come up here and stand with me and, and join me up here as we take the communion. If, you, if you're willing to be transparent and don't care who's looking at you today. Something happened in your past and you keep trying and trying But there's freedom for you today because you are not alone. I'm going to ask for help if pastors, deacons, ushers, the worship team, if you could just, I want everyone up here having someone standing with them because there's nobody in this church that's alone. So instead of coming up here to sing, we're going to ask the worship team to worship a different way. We, We need more men to come up. Those of you who are part of the men's ministry, here's your chance to make a difference. I'm going to ask them, uh, the men, just come up and stand with one of these men up here. We don't have anyone alone in this church. We need a few more women. 
I'm going to wait. that are up here helping, if you could just stretch stretch and touch too. You see, Jesus took the bread. He said, this is my body. That was broken for you. And his, he was whipped. And they put a spear in his side. And they pierced his hands and his feet. And through his suffering, you have life. There's healing for you today in this bread. So in the name of Jesus... By the resurrection power of the very body of Christ. I speak resurrection power right now into that situation. Into your heart. Into that place of brokenness. You are set free. Just release that to the Lord right now. Whatever that was. Whoever devastated you. That injustice against you, the abuse, whatever it was, just release it to the Lord because he's here. I see that in the spirit, the hand of God coming down and he's pulling out from you every hurt, every wound, every memory, all those images in your head that keep coming back over and over and tormenting you. Just give it all to Jesus. Father, we give it to you today. We give you our hurts, God. We choose today to forgive. God, we release that person into your hands. You said that you will repay, you will avenge. You will bring justice. You are the righteous judge. We release that person into your hands. And let's just partake in the communion of the bread of Jesus and see it as life, new beginnings, new life today. And then Jesus took the cup of the new wine, symbolizing his blood that was shed. He was willing to pay the price for us. He was willing to endure. We'll never have to endure what he had to endure. We'll never have to pay for our own sins. We'll never have to face the wrath And the judgment of God because of the blood. You see, God's mercy, this cup, it symbolizes the very love and the mercy of God and his grace towards you. 
So, Father, we thank you today for the blood, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for that grace, God. Just let the love and grace of God begin to go down deep. Let let it begin to touch that place. See, there's power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power to, to break every stronghold in your life. Every memory, every, every nightmare that you get about that thing that happened, I break it now. Now, in Jesus' name, I decree and declare the power of the enemy is broken now. You will no longer be tormented. And we receive this cup with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. So can you do a song so they don't have to come? So I'm going to ask you, whoever you're standing with, just say a little prayer over them. Maybe you're not accustomed to it, but just say, God, heal their hearts. Just short things. God, touch that memory. God wants to use you right now. I speak freedom over you right now. That monstrous person has no more hold over your over your mind. That abusive person.
are an altar of broken stones, but you delight in the offering. You have the heavens to call your home, but you abide in the song we sing. You guys could keep praying in the front over here, but I just want to let you know that. The peace that God gives surpasses all our thoughts and understanding. So even if in your mind right now, you're saying, I still feel the same way or I still, this thing is still happening right now. But just trust that the peace that comes is going to surpass all that. So when God is doing the work in you right now and you leave this place with a peace, you can say it doesn't make sense. Because in my mind it's telling me one thing. I was going to do R. Kelly thing. <laughs> with my body. No. But my spirit is telling me another thing. Amen. Amen. So I just want to leave you guys. Oh my God. I can't believe I said that. Oh my God. Let me pray over you, right? In Jesus' name, right? Father, I thank you for what you are doing today, Lord God. I thank you for everyone, Lord God, that surrender, Lord God, their storm to you today, Lord God. Their pain, their hurts, their thoughts, the things that are going on, the things that are overwhelming them right now. The thing that brings anxiety and fear. All those different things, Lord. We lay it at your feet today, Lord God. And we know we, we, we have confidence in this. That you have took that thing away from us, Lord God. You have took us, Lord God. So that while we're in the storm, Lord God. We have peace, Lord God. When we're in the fire, Lord God. We know we're not being burned, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, in our minds and our hearts, Lord. We can say, you know what? These things, Lord, though they're strong and they're, they're hurtful, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you're doing a good thing, Lord. We can trust you, Lord God. That they will not destroy us, Father God. So, Father, I pray peace over your people here today, Lord God. I pray as they leave this place, Father God, they will know, Lord God, that the next step, Lord God, is in your hands. And the next step, Lord, is victory, Jesus. So I speak victory over your people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that every storm ends, Lord God. And I thank you that each person here, where they're going through, Lord God, that situation is going to end right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Everything has an expiration date, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God. In their situations, Lord, the expiration date is saying, it's time to throw it away, Lord God. And time for something new. So I pray traveling mercies over your people. I pray peace as they leave these doors, Lord God. I thank you that the good ground that the word has fallen on your people, Lord God, will not be robbed and stolen away by the enemy or by the situation, Lord God. But it stepped in deep and it goes deep rooted in us, Lord God. Knowing, Lord God, we walk today in freedom in the name of Jesus. So, Father, bless your people, Lord God. Have your way with us this week, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. We will rejoice, Lord God, for the good things you have done for us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.